Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Welcome to Top Stories, I am Andy Zaltzman. Now, as far as Top Stories of the Bugle go, this one might just get the prize for the most obscure. In November 2009, issue 95 of the Bugle, we were talking about all things walls. Top Story this week, walls! Everyone loves a wall, Andy. You can paint them, hang things on them, and even dramatically throw dinner plates against them in an expression of domestic frustration in Oscar-nominated movies. You can't beat a wall, Andy. Perfect for dividing things, slap a roof on top of a few walls, and boom, you just got yourself a room. A wall is also the only thing that humanity has built in our entire time on Earth that can be seen from space. Congratulations to the Chinese on that one. Phenomenal wall. <laughs> Even more impressive because it's a wall that managed over thousands of years not to piss anyone off. <laughs> Apart from people who wanted to invade China at the time. They were pretty miffed, to be fair. Not only is the Great Wall of China visible from space, but actually, here's an interesting thing, space is also visible from the Great Wall of China. Unless it's cloudy or daytime, or you're blindfolded, or looking downwards, not into a puddle, or you're jabbing kebab sticks in your eyes, or you've been bundled into the back of a car. This week was the 20th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall, a wall that, to put it mildly, people did not like. (laughs) That's the only thing that people like more than putting walls up knocking them down. We're still essentially overgrown babies when it comes to construction projects. In 1987, Ronald Reagan had given a speech at the Brandenburg Gate where he famously said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And Gorbachev, eventually two years later, did exactly that. What Reagan didn't know was that Gorbachev had to grant Reagan a wish after Reagan had inadvertently rubbed his head during a summit meeting. It still wouldn't come off. The tragedy is that Reagan could have wished for anything. He could have even wished for a hundred more wishes, but he ran his mouth off and asked for a wall to come down instead. What a shame. Gorbachev, incidentally, was the first fully qualified genie world leader since King Leopold of Austria, who mainly granted himself wishes which involved killing people. Bad leader, Leopold, but an even worse genie. It is right that um, Reagan told Gorbachev to tear the wall down. They did actually haggle and in the end came up with a compromise of knocking the wall down. Just as a, a basic pr- matter of practicality. Oh, that's what he, he wanted Gorbachev alone to single-handedly <laughs> yeah. get into training for the World Strongman <laughs> competition and physically tear it down. That was unreasonable. But it's one of those events, the Berlin Wall coming down, John, isn't it? Where we'll always be able to say, I was there. Over there, a bit left, left it in through the front door on the sofa, in my house, watching it on the telly. Momentous day. Oh, you were in your house? You should have been in school. Well, I don't know what time of day it came down, John, but I remember seeing it on the news. I don't remember school being interrupted. Really? The type of school. 
I was at. Um, it might have been saying, communism has been defeated. The future <laughs> yeah. of this place is secure. <laughs> Don't vote for Kinnock. Don't, he'll send you all down a mine. He will. He will. But it's interesting, the history of uh, the human use of wall. The Berlin Wall put up in 1961, after the uh, ructions following the divvying up of post-war Berlin rumbled on. You know, looking at, at walls, it does kind of prove Pythagoras' ancient theory that if you build a wall on someone's land without really asking them, they tend to get a bit angry. Tom, you can testify. This. The Scots still haven't really calmed down since Hadrian. Ah, there you go. That. There's real <laughs> genuine anger under there. He's trying to dress it up as a joke, but I bet his heart rate just went up. <laughs> In the hype surrounding this anniversary, there were a lot of clips from 1989 of hyperbolic journalists, as you were saying, standing on the wall, pronouncing the death of communism and predicting that democracies would now thrive and that there would essentially be an end to all war. It, and it does seem that their crystal balls were a little smudged that day, because... <laughs> Things didn't really work out that way. There are still a great deal of very divisive walls, still very much standing and dividing all around the world. In fact, on, on your list of top world walls, I mean, you definitely want the West Bank wall. I mean, look, yep. if, if you judge a wall by how many people it can piss off, it's one of the best walls out there. It's only seven years old, so it's still a rookie wall, but it's had an incredible start to its career. Um, only 15% of it built on the so-called Green Line, the internationally recognised border, meaning 85% of it is on occupied Palestinian land. The reason being that Israel have argued that this was built from a blueprint dictated by God to his on-site foreman, Moses. <laughs> it's all there in black and white, John. Yeah, Moses well, was yeah. God's project manager. <laughs> I'm giving the West Bank Wall a wall rating of nine. Nine? Andy. Good wall. Yep. You criticise the failure to build it on the recognised border, John, but, you know, planning permission these days, I mean, you just, you just build it where you can, otherwise you just never get these things done. That's right. I mean, if nothing else you can say about the Israelis, they really cut through the red tape when building that wall. But, but I think there's a, another wall, uh, John, that really should be a model to uh, oh, a yeah. wall such as the West Bank. That's the Botswana-Zimbabwe border wall, which yeah. was put up um, a few years ago as a protection against foot and mouth that yeah. uh, was uh, was running right through that region of uh, southern yeah. Africa at the time. Although, uh-huh. because they didn't really finish it or uh, remove any holes big enough for cows to get through, it hasn't really worked. But I think this is this is the model for all political walls, John. They should just say it's an excuse for stopping livestock moving. Surely, surely, you know, the Palestinians couldn't possibly complain if the Israelis said, oh, we just don't want your dogs to get our dogs' fleas. And there you go. Everyone's happy. So what wall rating would you give that one, Andy, the Botswana wall? Well, uh, uh, one. One. What, really? One? Yeah. That's not good. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's hardly even worth it, is it? Now, the most technologically impressive wall is the Saudi Arabian fence. Saudi Arabia are building a high-tech security fence along its 5,500-mile border, which is apparently going to cost $3 billion. But, you know, when you think about it, that's not actually that much to a country that lost the concept of the value of money years ago. <laughs> um, it will be a physical barrier in some parts, but in others, it will be a virtual barrier of airships, cameras, and radar. Call me old-fashioned, Andy, but give me a real physical barrier to throw stones at any day. Where is the joy in throwing a brick into the air and having it picked up by satellite? <laughs> wall rating of four. They're also putting up a psychological wall, John. So I'll just have people saying, oh, you can't get across here, mate. I don't think you've got the balls. You've not got it. <laughs> That's fair. You've not just See, a bit of mental disintegration, Australian style. 80% of walls are all in your head, Andy. <laughs> That's not right. a fact, but it sounds like one. Also, there's the India-Pakistan border barrier, that's one of the most volatile borders on the planet. Barbed wire, landmines, furious people either side. 
a little more of a fence than a wall for my taste, but what they <laughs> lack in bricks and mortar, they more than make up for in resentment and violence. <laughs> Well, we in Britain, we've uh, we've been mastered the walls on ever since we put up the uh, English Channel ten thousand years ago when the uh, Ice Age finished, and we wanted to stop the filthy Europeans coming over here and eating our wolves. <laughs> You're right, though. We are very good at bounties because all of this is nothing compared to my favourite bounty, which was the Great Hedge of India. Super, super. Two thousand miles <laughs> that were built from the eighteen forties to the eighteen eighties. Now, much has been written. Andy, about how brutal an empire the British were. Let's not forget how weird we were, too. <laughs> a hedge. Not even a wall, a hedge. We kept the Indians out of their own land with topiary. <laughs> you can't argue with that. I mean, yes, the Indians did argue with it, but we couldn't hear them because they were arguing behind a huge f***ing hedge. <laughs> and the sound of a large strimmer. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, what has happened to all the, the main players from the time that the Berlin Wall came down? Well, we'll do a quick bugle, where are they now section from the major players. Uh, Eric Honecker, the former East German uh, leader, he died in 1994 and now runs a clothing and stuffed animal boutique in Lower Manhattan. And he said, uh, I spoke to him uh, over the phone last week, and he said, well, I had a whale of a time as the head of a Soviet bloc state, but after being let off my trial due to ill health and then dying, I thought it was a great opportunity to try something new. I'd always been interested in retail, ironically for a raging comma, you might say, so I thought, why not run a vintage clothes store in New York City? And I had a collection of 30,000 stuffed animals that Leonid Brezhnev had given me as a prank on my stag do, so I figured I might as well sell them too. Old Mickey Gorbachev, yep. uh, the old puffin who gave the world perestroika and glasnost and bought the Soviet Union falling to pieces like a motorcycle pyramid on a very windy day. Well, he now presents daytime cookery programmes on Lebanese TV, in between travelling the world on a moped, asking people if they still remember him. Now aged 45, Gorbachev keeps himself busy by holding pretend nuclear disarmament talks at breakfast, using a coffee pot, cereal packet and cartons of juice as pretend world leaders. Helmut Kohl, the big fat German Chancellor known as the Flying Aubergine for his habit of beginning cabinet meetings, dressed in a dark purple jumpsuit and diving full length down the cabinet table in the Reichstag, trying to high-five all members of his cabinet before his aubergine-shaped torso skidded to a halt and the political discussions could begin. Well, he's still doing that. And Bodo Ilgner, of course, uh, he was the German international goalkeeper at the time that the Berlin Wall came down. Ilgner went on to win the World Cup with Germany in 1990 and sometimes he's to imagine that he was the Berlin Wall in, in order to make himself feel more impregnable and after the wall came down his goalkeeping was never quite the same again so Ilgner retired after uh, fellow players started singing the Berlin Wall has fallen down to him during games to the tune of London Bridges falling down and he in fact bought a section of the old wall to put in his garden the same shape and size as a football goal and now spends eight hours a day making his kids shoot footballs at him and saving them from hitting the wall the great thing that walls do do, Andy, is bring people together when they're removed. You know, that happened in Germany. The East Germans and the West Germans were, were not fond of each other. Then they had a wall built between them, just waited for 28 years, then removed it and just ran into each other's arms. It's like a masonry magic trick. Build a wall between cultures, knock it down, and all of a sudden people are happy to see you. It's like a long-term cathartic game of peekaboo. That's that's clearly what they're hoping is going to happen in the West Bank. That's what they're doing. Where are the Palestinians? Where are the Palestinians? <laughs> there they are. There they are. Where are the Israelis gone? Where are the Israelis gone? There they are. Here they are. Now, you two play nicely. <laughs> Sounds like you're getting broody, John. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to that Top Stories. If you want to find out what the top story is right now, go and listen to the current episode of The Bugle or other recent ones telling you what top stories were very recently on thebuglepodcast.com or wherever you find your podcasts.